Welcome to the Pet Podcast for pet parents, pet lovers, and it's all about pets. I'm Lauren, a certified professional pet sitter and pet owner. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Pet Podcast. I'm happy to have you with me today. Today, we are going to talk a little bit about what it means to be a responsible pet owner. At the end, I think I'm going to touch a little bit about on being an advocate for your pet. What does it mean to be a responsible pet owner? Well, there's not an exact definition, but the American Kennel Club gets us as close as we can to start with a definition. And how they start it is owning a dog is not a privilege, it is a responsibility. And I personally think that is the best way to put it. Having a pet is a responsibility. Yes, it is fun. There is so much enjoyment and love and fulfillment that comes from a pet. But first and foremost, you are responsible for that pet. So no matter what type of pet you own, one thing is for sure, owning a pet comes with responsibility. They are not accessories. They are not things that can be thrown aside when it's no longer, you know, the cool next thing to do. Pets look to us for love, care, and devotion, and we are typically their whole worlds. So we never want to let them down. Now, the American Kennel Club, or AKC, has a long list of what it means to be a responsible pet owner. And I highly encourage, if you're interested, go to the akc.org website and check it out. But for today, I'm going to take a few that I think are not necessarily the most important. They are all important but a few that I really want to talk about, and I think it's a good basis for everyone to start. So number one, we have talked about how pets are our responsibility, but they are a commitment. When bringing a pet into your life, you need to be prepared to commit to that pet for their entire life. Adopting or purchasing a pet should never be an impulsive decision. And I know for some people, we live in a society where we want that instant gratification. But bringing a pet into your life should not be one of those things. Pets are with us through sickness and in health, in good times and in bad. Sounds a little bit like marriage. So you need to consider your ability to care for a pet during their life prior to bringing them into your home. You may also have to consider, in reality, what type is a pet is best for your living space and your lifestyle. Personally, I would absolutely love to have a Bernese Mountain Dog. I think they are gorgeous and majestic creatures, but they can be upwards of 200 pounds dogs. That is a whole nother human. 
and our living situation is not ideal for a large dog. I mean, we probably have enough space inside, but our outdoor space just, we have a yard, it's not fenced in, so you know, maybe that wouldn't be the best idea for a dog that's larger and needs a lot of exercise. And this also means having a plan in place if you are no longer able to care for your pet. What if your job takes you across the country and your new living situation is not ideal for your cat or dog? What will happen to them? God forbid anything were to happen to you physically, you're unable to care for your pet. What is your plan? Having those plans in place before getting a pet is really a necessity. So food and shelter. I mean, do I really need to say providing basic life necessities is a must? Well, I will because it is. Pets will need consistent access to clean water, healthy, well-balanced food, and shelter from the elements, preferably within a home. It is also a known fact that pets who are kept in homes live longer than pets who are kept in yards or outdoor enclosures or, you know, in general, outdoor pets. So when considering what to feed your pet, Look to your veterinarian for recommendations. They are an excellent place to start. And make sure your pet is getting a balanced diet. This is also where your vet can be your number one resource. They may have opinions on certain foods, but they can at least tell you kind of what you want to look for in terms of protein percentage for cats or is a grain-free diet necessary for my dog. They're an excellent place to start. And I know all of this information is online. Make sure you're getting your information from a reliable resource online. But, you know, in terms of big box store dog food, read the ingredients. Read the ingredients. If you can't pronounce it, you don't know what it is. Think about that for a second. You want those first five ingredients are the most important because they list ingredients of highest percentage of ingredient in the mix to the smallest percentages. So that first five are important. On my dog's food, she eats Fromm's Surf and Turf. Yes, I know. But number one is beef. Number one ingredient is beef. Number two ingredient is salmon. Number three ingredient is corn or whatever it is and so on. You want to make sure those first five are good. And don't forget, if you haven't listened to episode nine of our podcast, I interviewed my friend Carolyn where she decided to supplement her dog Skibble with human food and did the research, put in the time and effort. And now she is not only cooking for her family on a daily basis, but her pups are reaping those benefits as well. So if you haven't checked it out, go back at the end of this episode and listen to episode nine, Feeding Fido. So health and care. Just like you and I, regular preventative care is key to helping your pet live a long, happy life. And I recommend starting a good relationship with a vet early on, right away. I mean, most of the time when you adopt an animal, your vet is the first stop to get shots, to talk about spay and neuter, 
but develop that relationship early on. It is beneficial for both you and the pet to keep up with vaccinations, hygiene, and grooming needs, along with seasonal issues such as fleas and ticks, our little pesky friends there. Your veterinarian will be there when your pet ages and help keep them comfortable as well. Before bringing a pet into your home, again, planning is key. Make sure that you are budgeting for veterinary care as well as if emergencies pop up. I've got stories of my own pets. So Phoebe and Regina, they will be two. They will actually already be two when this episode drops. If you uh, didn't go back to our Instagram, I'm sure I'll have a bunch of pictures of them celebrating their second birthday. When I got them as kittens, I took them to the vet for their checkups, vaccinations. Everything was great. Two days later, Phoebe comes walking down and her one eye is puffy, puffy red. And she's squinting. And when it comes to eyes, I I don't mess around with it. It was an immediate vet visit in my eyes. And it should be in yours too. And when I called the vet, they said, nope, this is immediate. Come on in. Well, it turns out she had a little infection. Thank goodness there was nothing in her eye. But that was an unexpected expense that I was prepared for because you just never know. This was very recent after their annual checkup, which is for two cats can be a big expense. And this was another one right on top of it but I was prepared for it. So that is something you absolutely need to plan for. I mentioned this, but we're going to mention it again, spay and neuter. Please spay and neuter your pet. Do not contribute to the nation and more importantly, the world's overpopulation of pets. Honestly, in my eyes, until Every homeless pet has a home. There is no need for companion pets to reproduce. There are some breeds, though, where it is recommended to hold off on spaying and neutering until full maturity. But again, talk to your vet about that and then know to keep your pet away from other pets who are not spayed and neutered until it happens. But once that pet reaches full maturity, it is your duty as a responsible pet owner to have your pet fixed. Training and proper socialization. What do you think the number one reason pets are either returned to a shelter or dropped off at a shelter or given away. I'll give you a minute to really think about it. Well, it's behavioral issues due to lack of training. Invest the time and effort and money into training your dog. Making training a part of your everyday life, it's not only good for you, it's good for the pet, and it most importantly, it's amazing for the relationship between you and your pet. Teaching your dog basic commands will ensure they are behaved and know what is acceptable behavior and what is not. Training cats? Oh, yes. Cats are trainable. 
you know, such as keeping them off of certain surfaces, or if, you know, you've ever seen the wonderful movie, The Fockers, you can train your cat to use the toilet, <laughs> which I still think is amazing. And no, Regina and Phoebe do are not toilet trained, but cats are trainable as well. So proper socialization, proper socialization will also ensure that you have a confident pet and they are secure in their world. This means that when they are interacting with other dogs, other people outside of your household members, they know what is acceptable behavior and what is not. And more importantly, they're comfortable in those situations. The fear and anxiety factor is removed So their wonderful, happy, loving personalities can shine without, you know, some nervousness or fear behind it. So if you're not sure where to start with training and socialization, consult a trainer. Talk to your dog walker. Talk to a pet sitter. I am not a trainer, but I do have some great tips that I give my clients that have puppies whether it be basic leash training or even kind of how to go about starting with like that sit command. For anything fear-related, anxiety-related, you know, maybe your pet is just fearful of the world, talk to a trainer. They are absolutely wonderful. I am definitely going to be doing a podcast soon on how to find the correct trainer for your pup. So that is coming up. But until then, do your research. So exercise and enrichment. Just as us humans need to exercise to stay healthy and fit, pets need it as well. It helps keep their muscles, their heart, immune system in tip-top shape. Along with keeping up with your pet's physical health, you need to pay attention to their emotional health as well. Pets are naturally social creatures, and ignoring your pet can really harm their mental state. If you've ever heard the phrase, don't leave a crying cat behind a closed door, that's exactly what we're talking about here. They want to be around you. You are their world. With bringing the pet into your home, You want to have them around you. And obviously in certain situations, maybe you want to go to the restroom in private. (laughs) That's fine. But leaving them by themselves for extended periods of time brings out anxiety. It brings out depression. And it's just not a good place for our pets. So cuddle up with your four-legged friends for to binge watch your favorite Netflix episodes or Take your dog for a really nice long sniff walk where it doesn't matter if you make it three houses down in 25 minutes, but they are getting those smells. They're happy to have you with them and everyone goes home happy. If you think back to episode four of our podcast, we gave you some tips on how to give your dog the best walk. So be sure to take check that out as well. Identification. Make sure your pet is properly identified. Make sure they have their ID tags with up-to-date valid information. I cannot tell you how many times, even the dogs we walk for our pet care, the humans move and the address isn't updated. The humans decided to forego their landline and just use their cell phones. Well, guess what phone number is on the tag? The landline. 
So no one, if your dog gets loose, would ever be able to get a hold of you. You should consider microchipping your pets, please, even indoor cats, because they're sneaky creatures sometimes if they want to get outside. But once done, make sure you go online and fill out that profile with up-to-date information. You register the chip, and anytime your information changes, you move a phone number change, an email address change, you update that information right away. Our village where I live has an amazing program for pets as well, where it's not necessarily registering our pet with the city, but it is for emergency situations. So it's, I think, Pet 911 or something, and you go on and you fill out your profile with your personal information. So my house, my address, my contact information, but then I can set profiles for my pet. So if there's ever a fire at my home and the fire department is called, they are notified that there is a dog and two cats with pictures, with names in that house. So they can search for the pet if needed. But also then if my pet was to go missing, that is just one more database that my pet's microchip number will come up in, their names will come up in, my information will come up in if they get loose and public safety authorities find them. And we I did mention, you know, even indoor cats, absolutely outdoor cats, any animal that uh, has the ability to escape your home, definitely get them microchipped. So preparedness. This is something that I wasn't too familiar with prior to becoming a pet sitter. And preparedness, I mean disaster preparedness. And I think, like me, a lot of pet owners overlook it, especially I'm in the Midwest. So in terms of natural disasters, we have our tornado season. We don't see hurricanes. We don't really see earthquakes. We do have extreme hot and cold temperatures in the winter and summer. But this isn't necessarily something that you think about right up front. You need to include your pet in those plans. And if you have to-go bags for your family in an emergency, you need to have one for your pet as well. Necessary items you should include are copies of vet records. So if in an emergency you ever need to board your pet somewhere, you have all of that information handy. A current photo of your pet, but not just of your pet, a photo with you and your pet, or a family member and your pet. If you are ever split from them in an emergency situation, you have proof that pet is yours. I heard a story after one of the hurricanes in the last few years that came through the United States. This man took his dog to a mass boarding facility for pets who humans were unable to evacuate with them or where they were being evacuated to did not allow pets. And at some point, there was a mix-up in communication, and he was unable to get his dog back. But then after posting pictures of his dog on Facebook and Instagram, he found out his dog was adopted elsewhere in the United States. But because he had that photos with him and the dog, and the dog had distinguishing features, they were able to be reunited. 
So I cannot stress that enough. Make sure that you are fully prepared for a disaster. And most importantly, love. Show your pet you love them every day. We are so blessed to have that unwavering companionship pets provide. And we have to understand that we are our pet's whole world. Our pets are in as in tune with us and live for our happiness. And as pet parents, we really have to work hard to do the same for them. I also want to talk a little bit about being an advocate for your pet. This is something that I think people may not really think about or even sure what that means. But making sure we have our pets back in terms of acknowledging their mental, social, and physical needs because they are unable to verbally express themselves as we are, although they have their meows, their purrs, their barks, and whines. So first and foremost, be in tune with your pet's body language. Be familiar with that. Does your pet's personality change in certain situations? Maybe that's something you need to keep an eye on. For example, if your pet is overly stressed at the groomer when they're blow dried, have their back. Talk to your groomer about other options of towel drying, maybe skipping that step, using a lower setting on the blow dryer, to take away some of that stress from an already stressful situation. Or like my dog, Sassy, she loves her vet. He is a wonderful guy. You know, she always is a little anxious walking into the vet's office, but once we're in the room, in a kind of our own space, she relaxes. However, her stress level goes from zero to 60 in 2.2 seconds if the vet asks to put her on the table for the examination. She gets so anxious, and I know she's trying to communicate her dislike for this to me and the vet, but, you know, the vet might see it as general anxiety, but I see it as, no, she's fine until she's up on this table. So all it took for me was ask the vet if he'd be willing to do the exam on the floor, and guess what? He said, yes, it was that simple. Our vet is, like I said, he is wonderful. And he gets right down on the ground with her, does the full exam. She climbs up in his lap. She loves him. But it is such a difference in her stress level from just something simple like that. So really being in tune with your pet. Speak up if they are uncomfortable at a daycare No, it is not normal for dogs to be fearful when you drop them off. Absolutely not. So either talk to the people who care for your dogs if they seem stressed in certain situations or change that situation. Advocate for your dog. Be there for them. Spay and neuter. Make sure you train, train, train your dog and show them as much love as you can. Get those kitty purrs, those tail wags, and they are a part of our lives and we are blessed to have them as a part of our lives. Well, thank you again for joining me for another episode of the Pet Podcast. I hope you found this informative 
little fun. You found out a little bit more about what really stresses my animals out. I hope you join us next time. If you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to your podcast so you are notified when a new episode drops. And slide into our DMs on Instagram at Pet Podcast. If you have any topics you want to hear us talk about or any questions related to pet care, pet safety, pet health, I am here as a resource. And I hope you all have a pawrific day. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pet Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. This helps us reach pet parents and pet lovers such as yourself. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Pet Podcast. If you have any questions you'd like answered or ideas for topics you'd like to hear about, send us a message through social media or send an email to podcast at petpodcast.com. See you next time.